0: This might be appropriate. Boing!
1: Woo. Yeah, it was kind of the time travel of a film. And there's
0: a Doctor Who connection. If you can beat that.
1: Yeah. Did you, um, by the way, for those who have been following the Facebook page, um yours truly left some clues about what we were going to watch last night.
0: Yes. Um, surprising one of the clues somewhat surprised me. But
1: uh, uh, Which one was that?
0: This is <laughs> this uh, film is part of the Criterion Collection. Okay,
1: good. I was wondering if you were going to be surprised about the John Lovitz reference. <laughs> no, 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 I
0: love Tales. I'll tell you what the surprising thing about that is. Good luck getting a video to play of that somewhere.
1: Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Saturday Night Live locked up all that shit. It's going to be like what South Park is turning into now, now that Hulu's got them. And it's a, it's a premium content. And it's and it's that way with... Actually, a lot of NBC shows, they're locked up in Hulu as well. God, fuck that. Hulu, Seriously. going to
0: take them down. Hulu's got it, but they won't put it up. So... I know
1: and what's worse is like if you have cable you might catch it on E entertainment television if it's still on there which is just incorrigible it's 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 terrible
0: terrible I tell you No, cuz I went to go watch a nice clip from Tales of Ribaldry and uh yes good do you say they they they're doing it to South Park now
1: Well Hulu bought South Park the rights to South Park So basically Matt and Trey the the uh what what is it? Not the uh, first run, but the. Uh, New you know, stuff. No, the uh, the, uh, the. Catalog. Yeah, like kind of like uh, it's not franchising. I forgot the name of it.
0: Um,
1: syndication. So. Syndication. Uh, who about the syndication streaming rights or something like that? Um, and they bought them. There's no more SouthParkStudios.com where you can watch
0: whatever episode you want to watch
1: yeah they they bought up all the rights good on them they made a buttload of money from it I can't fault them for that Um, but because uh, Hulu dumped a lot of money into it they're putting it behind their paywall because they need to generate revenue for people to get on there it's silly. It's everybody's got this distribution game going on where you, where they try to put a stranglehold on exclusive content and and force you to pay. It's like a racket. It's just like a different, it's a it's a different mafia running around
0: collecting well, keys. That's the crap thing about it. It's just like they had it set up perfectly where you could go watch if you wanted to. Yeah, and I mean, I wouldn't solve their them. To do it. I guess if they want to make the money, I guess that's fine. But the way Hulu manages their content is just asinine. Yeah. They don't put... I mean, you know what? If you're going to pay for it, I want access to every single episode at my beck and call. Yeah, Don't don't, don't say, oh, yeah, you can pay, plus you still get to watch... You have to watch ads, plus... You know, but that
1: could be just that. Well, okay, that's Hulu's fault this time, but... Lot, some of the times it's not it's it's the it's the person who owns the contents right like yeah. like the thing that grinds my gears the worst is uh on netflix when they like like okay adult swim those series of, of, of shows right
0: yeah
1: like they only do like the first two episodes of aqua teen hunger, or first two seasons of aqua teen hunger fours first three seasons of Venture brothers when there's like five or six seasons it's annoying it's like listen if you're gonna put it on netflix put the whole finagle thing on there yeah that's so it's just infuriating it makes me want to BitTorrent these
0: shows and not have to deal
1: with those hoops
0: no i just that's yeah you go in to watch um <clears throat> they're two seasons behind well they're pretty good about picking up archer but they're two seasons behind on archer i think maybe it's one i might be wrong they're,
1: they're behind that's the problem as yeah. soon as as soon as that season is done,
0: they'll put it up another. One.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like I don't know. I'm sure broadcast television is like, well, we gotta milk it for the rest of the year, you know. So we'll like we'll do reruns to X point, right? And then after the reruns are done, or after that time is done, then you can have it. Then dump it on there, or better yet, you know. Do it a week before the new season starts so people can get caught up. You know, be be a little more friendly with that instead of making you wait two years for that crap. That's unbelievable. You know, well, as a matter of fact, it, it's more of a travesty that they don't do it like right before the new season. Because what better way to generate buzz than to say that the last season was available. I, I don't even think like Breaking Bad did that. I think Breaking Bad was like two years behind. I can't even remember. Well, no. I think they were. I think they were like. I think they were on time because I
0: think you. We were pretty close. Yeah, cause... they got it on there pretty quick, and they've gotten, they've done pretty well with getting a couple shows on there. But, like, what FXX, well, F Fox is going to do with The Simpsons, and they're going to create a site. Now, granted, the caveat is you have to have cable, but at least you can go watch whatever you want.
1: Yeah. Well, well, well. Here, here at God of the Guy's headquarters, we do watch what we want.
0: We watch what we want, and we watch things we don't want too. (laughs) And we do it all for you. (laughs) Boxes about our our valued listener. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, we have the power to drive listener. We have the power to go back in times uh,
1: to medieval times.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, so we're done with our little political soapbox.
1: Yeah. Well, I will. the The one thing is, and and uh, thank you for playing the TARDIS sound. For those of you who don't know, that is Doctor Who. Um, I am actually going to watch the broadcast of the new season, uh, which is debuting this this Saturday. So your pick this week, Tim, is very very timely um, to keep that theme running. I will also be
0: watching that. As well.
1: Yeah. So usually, what I would do is I would. Um, Find some other way to watch it, and I like that because I don't have to deal with commercials. But um, we are actually going to a watch party for it, so um, it's it should be a blast. Um, it should be a blast from the past, and uh, and I'm excited about the new Doctor. Actually, okay, so this the movie that you picked, Tim. Uh, what what is the significance? What is the significance of the
0: TARDIS with the movie that you picked? Uh, within the movie I picked, uh, it's from the early 70s, there's an actor who portrayed the Doctor in it, it's Tom Baker, one of the more popular Doctors. Yeah. Uh, longest Was he the longest-running Doctor? Yeah, he's the longest-running.
1: And that said, uh, 10 and 11, uh, David Tennant and um, Matt Smith are actually, I think, in the top five, if not top three. They had, they both had some pretty long runs, too. Tenon had a good long run. Matt Smith had a decent run. Yeah. So they got a new guy this week, too. So uh, it's Peter Capaldi, who showed up in the Fires of Pompeii episode, and uh, apparently they're also going to keep him Scottish, which I'm excited about as well. Oh, they're going to let him keep his accent? I heard that they weren't. But... Uh, I, I heard they're going to keep him... Keep them pretty, pretty British. So, I Is don't David know. I could be, I could be Ten- wrong. I'm avoiding all the spoilers and all the set photos and synopsis as, as I can.
0: But uh, I know David Tennant wanted to keep his Scottish accent. and he lose it. They're like, nope. Ixne on the Adishke. Yeah, turn that off, sir. But uh, I was watching a lot of BBC America this week. They're doing a uh, marathon. Marathon of Doctor Who episodes. Uh, in between, some of them are showing um, like the history of the Doctor, so they just take a Doctor for half an hour and tell you all about them. See,
1: now, now that's fan friendly. I mean,
0: I mean, seriously.
1: If they had them on in order, so you could watch from. Um... Oh, and speaking of which, uh, Simpsons too this weekend, right? FXX is doing all the episodes in order, beginning Thursday. Did you get your uh, DVR set up for that one? I'd have to have, like,
0: 100 DVRs. <laughs> you know, someone is going to do that. Oh, no, someone will. Somebody's got a terabyte thing hooked to their DVR and their output. And their
1: 244, depending on the quality, you could probably do... You, I mean, the bare minimum, I'd say 30 minutes of just, like, without high definition and standard definition, you could probably... You could probably do about... Yeah, that would be about... 200 gigs so if you did high definition you could probably squeeze it in 500 gigs somewhere around there if you really wanted to
0: yeah take that time so 525 episodes
1: yeah no kidding 525 someone's gonna do it too so i mean i when i got ready for the 50th anniversary of dr who i found all the dr who episodes online so
0: the fun, well, the thing is, there's got to be people who are probably taking some time off, but they'll, like, DVR, sleep for a while, get up. Thankfully, Late. we're not those kind of people. <laughs> I just, like, 12 days, it's like, hey, I love The Simpsons, but, no. but, <laughs> but I'm not going to do that just to say I did it. The key would be to pick up pick up the marathon when they hit season four through about season eight.
1: Yeah, I the saw Simpsons. the new one Sunday on a whim, and I'm just kind of like, whatever. I'm it's not what it is. But season four through eight
0: were just solid across the board.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, so um, so um, speaking of speaking of um, connected stories, uh, with with uh, famous TV show stuff, um, this week's uh movie pick. Tim, you picked it. So we talk about Tom Baker.
0: Um, oh yeah. Baker. What is this movie that we watched? It is a. Uh, it is I got an honorable mention at the International Berlin Film Festival or Berlin International Film Festival. It is an Italian movie with British overdubs, called Pasolini's *The Canterbury Tales*. Woo And that would be if, if you have had any Western Civ classes or English classes in high school. You probably had to read *The Canterbury Tales*. Or parts, or at least a few of the tales, and this movie covers about eight of them. Uh, well, I guess, um,
1: I guess you could say it covers it.
0: Well, you, it, they selectively choose and, and take some liberties with the tales. But
1: do you know? Uh, do you know if uh, the if the half hour like history of the Doctor on BBC America touched upon this with Tom Baker?
0: It, oddly enough, it did not touch on where because.
1: There are some things about Tom Baker that I wouldn't want to touch that showed up in this movie.
0: Well, basically, the, the uh, long and short of it is uh, Tom Baker's in this. He plays a part, and they take a couple minutes to show you his penis. Uh,
1: yeah, so you don't have to listen to the rest of the show now. Um, we saw
0: Tom Baker's dick. So that Basically... So- I listened to... A, it's not the only dick in the movie, by the way. I listened to a podcast, and they mentioned this movie being a weird, bizarre movie. And then as they were walking, they didn't review it. They just kind of said, hey, I saw this thing. We went to his high school, and they pulled us all out of it because it turned out to be a dirty movie. And they thought it was going to be like an, you know, a more proper English drama. And apparently all the nudity and slapstick scat humor uh, was too much. So they pulled them out, and they said, but you did get to see... Tom Baker's dick. Yes, yeah, so, and I'd say the comedy was kind of sparse. Um, comedy was hit and miss, and just, well. To be fair, The Canterbury Tales has comedy mixed into it, but it's, a lot of it's not, and it's The Canterbury Tales for the love of God. Ugh. Oh, yeah. So, um, which I actually didn't mind reading because they were broken into little stories, so it's a little bit easier to get your head around when you're reading that kind of stuff. But it's still old English lit. So.
1: And, and this pure Apollo Pasolini guy, apparently this movie is a part of the Trilogy of Life series of movies. Life. Where, uh, and this is where it's a Criterion collection. Um, a quick synopsis, he just rips off uh, short story collections from different eras of time. Uh, and he throws some sex in, uh, and some uh, some plastic Scary. in it, scatological humor in it. Um, because I, I looked at the, I looked at the, well, actually, at the end of this movie, there were trailers for the other two, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah, because it got, it gave me a clue what this guy was trying to do with this, and I, and ugh, I don't know, it seemed like, um, I don't know, it seemed, it seemed a little high art for me. It seemed a little, uh, I had a little issue with it, on that.
0: But we'll 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 take we'll do- the other accidental high art pick of um, Holy Mountain.
1: Yeah, cause I, I I don't know I I also have a good connection to a previous Epidote's pick too by the way but we'll get to that as well. Um, so this Pasolini guy, yeah, apparently um, he did a trilogy of movies and he was an Italian writer and director guy. He shows up in this movie, um, but apparently, oh yeah, this is all you need to know about his. Uh, you go to his Wikipedia page and it's just an Italian film director, poet, writer, and intellectual. So, so, like, if someone asks you, like, hey, Tim, what's your occupation? What do you do for a living? He's like, oh, I'm an intellectual. That just means you just really For me, I just really want to punch that person.
0: I'm a librarian and intellectual uh, also. I, uh, I get paid to be smart. I kind of feel the same way when someone introduces their... Uh, Secondary is their like job or ident- identifier as like I'm a poet and
1: activist. Oh God! You know what's worse is when it gets into corporate uh, organizations and hierarchies, right? Like at my place, at my place of work, um, someone had their title changed to Chief People Officer. I'm like, oh,
0: <sighs> oh. <laughs> well, um, I. I do some marketing and ad work for a local community co-op, and I'm also an activist. It's like, I'm a professional so activist. You have, do you have something you support, or you just anytime there's kind of a protest, you're going to be on board? So when you so, see ac- active
1: stuff happening, do you have Activision? So you like Activision then, sir. So you activate like, your Activision to see like, what you can be an activist about?
0: So we can consider you a fan of Pitfall and River Raid.
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs>
0: Mm, indeed.
1: River Raid. Wow.
0: Yeah, that's a fun ass game.
1: Ah, uh, so um, Canterbury Tales. Uh, yeah, English lit class. I didn't understand anything about it, and I didn't understand what they were talking about in this movie.
0: Um, it's it almost. Uh, I I want to say was it line for line out of the Canterbury Tales or did some it... of it was some was line for line some was, some of the more other di- the more. I don't know, embody dialogue. So, um, yeah, <laughs> We would love to drop in a clip of John Lovett's doing tales of ribaldry, But as we said before, Hulu has pulled all of those tales. Um, I don't anyway, like uh, which we don't like. Uh, the the whole the basis for the Canterbury Tales, and we'll keep this short and sweet, there's a group of pilgrims going to this holy place in Western Europe. Um, I think it's the uh, cathedral in Canterbury. I'm not. I forgive. I, somebody out there probably knows this better than I do, but um, they're going on a pilgrimage to their, their holy place, which happens to be, uh, I think, in Canterbury. And so, uh, basically, the guy who's leading them is like, "All right, it's a long walk, so everybody better come up with a story, and we'll kind of I'll facilitate it and have everybody tell their tales." And we'll, that'll help pass the time as we walk because there's not much else to do in medieval Europe. Um,
1: yeah, no,
0: that's a. I I think that's a pretty good That's a
1: great so, premise.
0: A, the book is a little more straightforward. This one jumps around a little bit to where you lose track of. Uh, they set up the premise. I thought, I thought they would come back and say, okay, you know. Uh, uh, Wife, you know, wife of bath. Tell your story, or fryer. Tell your story, or cook. Tell your story, and then they go into the next story. Well, what they really did is jump from story to story. And I think the, perhaps they were expecting you to know which story was which.
1: That makes it that makes it smart and intellectual.
0: It's like how about I'll just throw a little, you know? Like they throw you a bone twice where they show Geoffrey Chaucer writing his Canterbury Tales, and then it, and,
1: and then he looks at the camera like he's saying "fuck you, audience."
0: Well, and like one time it's just like the cook's tale, and then he kind of gets all uh, dirty looking like a dirty old man eye, looks at the camera, and then they go into the story. And at one point, he's like taking a nap, and his wife's like, Joffrey, you get back to writing those tales. Which makes, like, which,
1: oh, which makes no sense because at the beginning of the movie, the guy called out
0: everybody in there to tell their tales. So they kind of. It's almost like they had two different premises to set up. It's like you could do the Canterbury Tales and say, all right, we're going to show Geoffrey Chaucer writing each one. And then, then like they could cut back to him and say the Cook's Tale and cut back to him and say the Friar's Tale, the Miller's Tale. And then they didn't. They didn't do that. So they, had their, they said, oh, well, we're going to reenact. And he's like, all right, everybody tell me your – everybody come up with your tale. And then I thought, all right, they'll show all the people and they'll start to tell their story and they'll go into it.
1: No, it was, it, it, there was no cohesion between any of the stories i would say they're trying to be meta
0: but this was 1970 i think it
1: was just lazy i think i think i think really the the nudity and the fart jokes what it was writing on and i think it was more of an attempt to get that passed by saying it's high art and i think i think to do that he had to be sloppy in some areas to kind of confuse people like if they walk into it okay i know this one and then oh they're having sex wait they're having sex there's, like, yeah. balls hanging out. No, but then if you jump back and forth, you're like, what's happening? I don't know. And you see some sex, and some sexy time, and, and somebody's nose and somebody's butthole being farted on. All of a sudden, you cut the
0: way into something else, and You and something completely different. You're like, huh, where am I? What's you're happening? You know? You're like, is that the end of the story? Because it goes just, like, one scene to the next. Exactly. I
1: couldn't tell, like, when
0: the end of the story happened in the I I really like beginning. I was expecting more, like, a history of the world part one. Um, where you get a black screen with a title to tell you what they're doing? Yeah,
1: well, I'll tell you a little bit later. I'll, I'll save that for later. I'll tell you what I really think this movie was a lot like. Um, um, and if you if you come up with it before I do, then then I will I shall
0: I shall send you a prize, sir. <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, the other kicker was: Did you see who the musical consultant was on this?
1: Ennio Morricone.
0: There you go. That is awesome. I did, I did not know that prior to. I just saw the credits rolling along, and I was like. Oh, this is Italian. I wonder if... Exactly, right?
1: That's what you think oh, of. It's all, Italian it's, Italian it's in Italy. You know what? Ennio Marconi probably did the score.
0: Well, it's like, hey, it's an Italian movie. I wonder... If, apparently, he did music consulting or the score for every Italian movie from the 70s. Yeah. Because yeah. it That's, seems like his name pops up a lot. He said, he, I think this one, he was a consultant. So...
1: Yeah, well, he, can, he, good for him. I didn't want to put my full... I wouldn't want to put my full name on this anyway. You
0: can hear a little bit in the little medieval harps and whatever those things are called, lutes and crap, but... Uh, yeah, whatever they played back then. So
1: that happened, and while that happened, the title credits, there's this very annoying song going on. Yeah. The, I, I thought he was Asian, but it turned out he was
0: not. No, he was just making... Uh, he was just, oof. He just kept going and going. The credit sequence at the beginning was exceptionally long and just a white card with black text.
1: Well, the first thing was, like, it looked like some distributor had it in front of it. It looked like it was, like, some template from a home movie, like, creator.
0: So I'm guessing <laughs> so long, it's no longer the rights to it because I can't imagine water films <laughs> with, is, is the Because, like, on the back of the box, I, I procured the VHS of this picture. And uh, it is the old-school black VHS box. It tapes real heavy. You oh, know, old, well,
1: you, know just, you know you could get the Trilogy of Life uh, right, for collection yes. on
0: DVD now. Yeah, you can. You can get the whole trilogy, but I bet you anything that the Waterbearer Films logo <laughs> is just... Because uh, it says, like, there's a big box in the back that says, Pasolini's Epic Trilogy of Life is available exclusively from Waterbearer Films. I bet that is not the case. Now, uh, is it is it exclusively in bigger letters? Um, not quite. It's not quite world's greatest grandpa lettering. But um, <laughs> uh, I would note the the copy I procured uh, originally sold from Tower Records at some point for 79 seventy nine ninety nine. So. Oh wow. Um, but it is the big old VHS with the heavy, the heavy tape, and then there's a big mark on the front, on the top of it that says. It's solely for home use. It cannot be any in and in any cases be used for a rental or mail order or library purposes. It's just weird. It's just it's, it's weird. And it's rated an X. And while there's a lot of nudity and scat humor, I don't know that it I can get I can I can understand that. Um for seventy two maybe. Totally. Yeah. No, but not, for, you know, like now you can watch Game of Thrones and this will all happens in about five minutes. Yeah, months. but there's no, there's more dong in this movie than Game of Thrones. But does dong really merit an X? Uh,
1: uh, it, in our patriarchal society, it does. It's British floppy dong. <laughs> I think we just got the episode title. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah,
0: that's what it is. And quite frankly, like, <laughs> Game of Thrones has British floppy dong too. So British floppy dong. That has a nice ring to it, no pun intended. Yeah, oh, it's one of them British floppy dong pictures. Ah, mm-hmm. yes. Hmm, Pasolone's the British floppy dong. You
1: know, and the actual X-rated films in, in England, they, they blur out the sexy parts. I don't know if they still do that. <laughs> they blur Bill out the Hicks part. has a bit on that. That's pretty
0: awesome. They blur out the sexy bits. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so... So anyway, it's an X-rated British floppy dong picture with an English lit tie-in and Doctor Who, and particularly Doctor Who's ding dong. Well,
1: uh, let's work, let's 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 work to our way to the Doctor's dick. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. So uh, I'm, the story was so disjointed. Like, uh, I mean, I'm just gonna go through highlights. I can't really. There's no
0: real way to do synopsis of this movie. No, it's, it's several stories strung together with no transitions.
1: Yeah, so I think in the spirit of that, we should do it the same way, too. We should yeah. review it with no sense <laughs> then, of direction <laughs> and no...
0: <laughs> and I'm pretty sure a couple of the actors, they used more than once. And some other ones look so similar, it's hard to differentiate between um, stories.
1: And uh, toward, the, toward the last half of the movie...
0: I was like, "Where's Tom Baker? I'm ready for him now. I just want to get through." It took a long ass time to see Tom Baker because I he was spending all this time looking at people's faces. Like, uh, uh, I'll say this: the tape hadn't held up all that well, so. No. Uh, but I was looking at his face and I'm like, "Was that him? No, that's not him. No, that's right? Not him. He's very distinctive looking, so it's like you know, you know, you're gonna know him when you see him." But.
1: Well, uh, all right. So let's just uh, do highlights. Okay. Like one uh, I have, the fabulous ones wrestling in the barn.
0: Oh yeah, it did have wrestling. That was and that was full tilt modern wrestling.
1: Yeah, and they look like the fabulous ones. <laughs> they were,
0: they were probably just the British fabulous ones.
1: Yeah, uh, and that was like at the beginning. So they sh- he tried it the one thing I will say, and I'm kind of taking it from other reviews too, honestly. Um the uh the uh, the the building architecture, it made it feel like it was really what happened back in the day. Like, wherever castles they were at, how they set things up, you know, except when they reused the same bed sheet, but the...
0: Uh, <laughs> well, they didn't have a lot of patterns in that time.
1: The look the look and feel of the movie made it feel like it was in medi- medieval times. I was impressed it, by that.
0: It looked dirty. It was, seemed authentic. I'll give them that. Yes. Authentic. It was dirty. Um, people looked kind of scuzzy and unbathed, and a lot of pantaloons. And it just was. Uh, in in the location, obviously, they filmed it in Europe somewhere, if not Italy. But they had castles and things. It just looked it looked right. It looked like a medieval world. Yeah.
1: So, and that's where I saw it. And, but there was problems too because he spent. Sometimes he spent too much time or not enough time establishing it. So, like, sometimes it was like a half minute. The other time it was a couple seconds. And the family ones are in, like, in one of the
0: establishing shops. Like, it's medieval time. So. They, they do, there's sometimes where there's long series of guys just walking down the street nothing else. Oh. And then, then, others, and then times a bunch of action will happen with no, you don't have enough time to get your head around it.
1: Someone said Bullocks
0: too. I was happy about that. Uh, well it's also i saw this other actor in the beginning he had crazy big ears and he's bald and he kind of had funky teeth with all this. yeah that things. guy that guy's um he's in the beginning credits um he was an actor who popped up on a he's on a british sitcom from the 70s at the same era called are you being served oh wow uh, um, I only know this because my dad watched that, and I've seen a lot. I've seen more episodes than I care to admit of that show. Oh, I'm it's about a fancy department store in, I'm guessing, London, and um, they have like all the depart, like men's wear and ladies' wear, where you always had in like an that like, more classic department store feel, where there was a department head and everyone, and um, it's a very proper department store. Oh no! And, and then someone busts loose. No, well, like he, the guy who I saw in this movie was actually he's like the overall floor manager, and then he had all his little subordinates. And like one lady was very proper, and she, you know, she had her hair all coiffed, and things would happen. She'd be like, "Oh my!" and then pass out a lot. And there was kind of like a ladies' man, uh, what do you got Dan Fielding kind of character. And there was a, I guess, the younger, good-looking woman who worked in ladies' wear. She was kind of still very British. Um, of that time and then there was a, a <laughs> we'll do everything but tell you he's gay guy that worked in menswear worked in the underwear department oh and he was always kind of he was just flamboyantly obviously gay but they, it was on in the 70s so there's no way they are going to tell you that <laughs> and then they had like the head of the menswear that was very proper blah, 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 that kind of British and his name was uh, Mr. Peacock yeah like from the Clue game. Was it Mr. Peacock or was it? It's it almost like they had clue names. Yeah. So, anyway, anyway, that guy was in it, and that's a very far departure from from uh, from who uh, from Are You Being Served? <laughs> oh man! So
1: that that was a highlight. Um, what else? Oh, uh yeah, around that time this really hairy guy, um was like so many beautiful people and then he just saw like a naked ass. But before that he was like he was checking out some girl like children, he's like, Nope, they're too young. And I was like, uh
0: they're, they're much too young, yes. He's like the king.
1: Yeah, so he so all of a sudden this lady stands up and sort of naked ass is hanging out. He's like, Oh, that's the that's the one I will marry.
0: Yes, that's one, right there. That's Uh, So he gets himself a wife. He just, like, can take his pick from the townspeople. So he grabs this young gal, and he's a big, hairy, gross guy. And they get married, and he's like, I'm going to, he takes his little lord people aside. He's like, I'm going to destroy this girl. (laughs) Uh, And, which is just, it's all kinds of wrong. Oh, yeah. And then he proceeds to, like, be a two-pump chump, and... Two-pump chump. He's a two pump chump twice to his credit, I guess. Um, and then you know he's like, oh, and he dances around and sings a song after the first time, and she lays there like a dead fish. Um, a lot of the women do in this movie. Yeah, there's not a lot of uh, maybe the medieval times are like that, but I don't know. Like that's I think mean, like that's a Pasolini touch.
1: Yeah. Well, right. and then later on, this they, they the whorehouses where they're a little more extracurricular.
0: Oh yeah, they get a little bit more involved as a on. but there's a lot of like just kind of like, Hey, I'm I'm subservient in this time frame, so I'm not gonna do anything. So
1: Yeah. But. So like the marriage happens, the guys happy, and then what I put down is like and then Alan Thick shows up.
0: Oh God, Alan thick.
1: Because <laughs> the guy looked exactly like Alan thick. So basically it's one of the I don't know which Canterbury tale is because they don't bother to tell me that. personally didn't bother to tell me that. but basically, like the guy um, the lady the lady is married to this guy, I guess because and she writes love letters to this Alan thick looking guy. And all of a sudden, one day, the king guy um, goes blind, just out of nowhere. And then you see her write more letters to this guy. And then the blind guy and the lady like take a walk on the garden. And then you see these little newt-looking little elvish people, and they're like yeah. they're making wagers. So basically, there are some sort of gods among them that are that are fucking with them. And they,
0: took the side, they took his sight away, and they're like, "Hey, you know, here's can't, here's the guy out in his garden. He can't see, and uh, I'll bet you, whatever, that if I return his sight and he sees her banging her boyfriend out in the garden secretly, that it'll all work out." But yeah. So basically, that's what happens, and, and he de- he wakes up, and she's up in the tree, kind of. Making out with the guy and fiddling with his wee wee, fiddling with his wee wee. Um, there's a lot of dick in this movie. Um, <laughs> yes, there is. So thanks, Tim. Thank right, you. Uh, the uh, he looks up, he sees her doing things like, Whoa, "Oh my god!" And then she like she realizes he can see, and she like knocks you know Captain Penis out of the tree. He runs off. And hides in the garden and she's like oh you just got your sight back you were just seeing things you know
1: oh, really? aren't,
0: yeah. Yeah. aren't we blessed that god gave you your sight back i and know he, i was
1: just like wow
0: he just totally buys it so i mean he gives her a little bit of argument he's like no no i saw you were doing something and she's like no you just you imagined it shut up. <laughs> shut up and so ends that tale
1: yeah so it jumps cut to something i don't even remember
0: Trying to remember, God. There's a Miller's Tale. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, and there's this guy that I think with the devil, right? Oh yeah, that's like a. I think they took a bit and piece of some of those stories, like the one where the guy leaves town and meets the devil. Well,
1: and I think uh, I think also I think another thing to speak to, uh, like the X-rated, is that there was some uh, some homosexual
0: activity as well. Oh yeah, that there was a little bit of that. There's. Um, I don't remember if that one happened next or later, but there's... It, like, do, it doesn't just, matter. This movie was all over the place. There's some shorter stories if you go by how they section off the movie a little bit, but mm-hmm. in The Canterbury Tales, there are shorter stories because I remember like, you could pick some to read and if you're lucky, you got... Or if you got an assigned one, you were assigned like the shorter story, one of which was the guy who was like a debt collector and I think it was... I don't know. The Renter's Tale or I don't know what it was, but he goes around and collects... Um, mortgage money basically he's a collector mm-hmm. and he's going down the road and he sees this guy riding and he's like hey i'm a collector and i'm you know best in the land and the guy's like oh well, let's call each other brother and be buddies because i collect that's food. how that works they're just like shall we be brothers yes we shall be brothers okay uh you're a collector and he's like yeah and i'll do anything to collect i'm you know I have no morals or qualms about collecting anything and he's like well that's good because i'm the devil and i'll do anything so we're kind of we, we are two peas in a pod and so they go up to the ladies who lives in this windmill, and they're like, "All right, I'm going to collect your money, and I'll, if you don't pay, I'm going to throw you in jail, and I'll drop all this bullshit about you and get you in trouble." Even though she's a nice lady, and before they get there, the devil's like, "You know, you know, I'll be partners with you, but um, whatever she agrees to pay me, pay you, you have to give to me." And he's like, "Okay," and well, you know, whatever she gives, I get. Okay. So they go, and she's like, I'm not going to pay you. And she's like, I would sooner give you this man who's trying... I would sooner give you to the devil than blah, 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 blah. Anyway, basically, she's like, I could pay you with... I'll pay this man with you. And the devil's like, well, she said she's going to pay with your flesh in this flower pot over here. So let's go on to hell, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's got his arm around him. He's like, I'm going to show you all this stuff that nobody's ever seen. And it's kind of a nice devil, but uh, but she basically just inadvertently in her rage kind of like I'd sooner sell you the devil and, and then and give you this flower pot or whatever urn or whatever it says so the devil picks up the urn and he's like you heard the woman the urn you." so the collector goes to hell with the devil that's the end of that story
1: yeah it's just whatever I do know what it's just like and yeah. that's the problem I had with some of this stuff too is that I think they did speak like a lot of old English stuff
0: and some of it went straight out of Can- Canterbury Tales isn't that hard to read it's not like reading Shakespeare but it's not quite modern lit either. It's in between old English like Shakespeare. It's kind of a uh, in between because it was easier to read in a lot of stuff. But when they say it, it's harder to pick up. Yeah, especially the accents. Yeah. So, um, so that one happened. That was a shorter one. Uh, what were the other ones? The Miller's one was all right. That one was actually kind of funny. It was kind of it was kind of funny. The my opinion that was the strongest story in the movie. Start to finish, because you had two dumbass brothers going out to the mill to get their grain milled or crunched or whatever they did then. And well, I thought
1: they were like cast off from school, right? Or no, they were, they,
0: they were like, We're gonna learn, you know? They're troublemakers. They're ne'er do well young dumbasses. <laughs> And they got a big bag of grain that needs to go to the mill. But they're like, we're not going to pay you to mill it. We'll just do it because we can figure it out because we're smarter than you. And so they proceed to mill their flour because I guess the miller has a, has a reputation of ripping people off. Well, he, he kicks the horses out. He kicks the horse out, right? Yeah, well, they, he does that a little bit later. But like they get there and they're like, "You, we heard you rip off people, so we're going to do our own milling. And so they go about milling and mocking the guy a little bit, and they kind of have a nice back and forth with him. But as they're doing it, he goes and kicks their horse in the ass. Yeah. And sends off into the woods, so they have nothing to haul their grain back. And they're like, "Well, we're gonna have to, uh, we're gonna have to stay here for the night." And because they go look for the horse, they can't find it. Or they maybe they do find. You no, know, they found the horse, but it took them all day. So it's nighttime. And in those days, you don't go riding off into the night with your grain. So they're like, we need to stay here. He says, yeah, sure, no problem. Everybody, and apparently he has a bunch of beds in his house. And uh, then the bedroom roulette shenanigans begin. Um, He, I'm trying to think, the two brothers are sleeping in a bed together. Then there's the Miller and his wife and their daughter. And after everybody goes to sleep, the one brother sneaks over and starts just doing it with the daughter and then he's doing that and i don't know what the plan was for after that but the one brother's laying there awake and then the wife wakes up and she has to pee one of the ducats which is some of the realism you're treated to so she gets up to pee and announces such yeah then i usually get in trouble when i do that i'm gonna pee i gotta go take a piss it's like I have to pee terribly. And <laughs> she gets up and does it does a little proper British saying that she has to pee in the bucket, and then nobody can find the damn way back to their own bed in this one. I know. And dude, 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 and dude. They stub their everybody stubs their toe on, on the piss bucket, I'm guessing. <laughs> and so this, you know, hits she hits her toe on the piss bucket, come back, she's like, oh dear. And she um stump falls into bed with the other brother who's unoccupied at the moment. And I'm not sure if they thought the girl was going to come over there, or if he had two daughters, or whatever. But she's—he just starts like putting it to her, and she's like, "Oh, husband, you've never, you haven't done this in so long." And he's—and she's like, "Whatever has come over you?" And he's like, "Shut up and get on with it." The kids,
1: <laughs> the little boys were brat bastards in this movie.
0: Oh yeah, they talk
1: to people like that all the time. Like the uh, that one story, kind of skipping around. The one story where the guy where the where the uh, the carpenter kid was like, uh, I gotta have you, baby. Um, but you have to make food for me for three days and then after I get done for three days, you're gonna make sweet love to me, and I got a plan and I'm gonna do this nah, nah, nah. and he he she kept, and that's the other thing I noticed too, is like all the husbands of wives in this movie were just ugly and repulsive. <laughs>
0: But and other ones were young and attractive. Yeah. For the most part. But the, that kid was just like, and "You're gonna do this and you're gonna do that." I believe that was the. Be, um, I believe that was the scholar's tale. The scholar's tale. And he was—he's the scholar staying with them in the house doing his studies. And he's like, comes over to the wife after the husband leaves for work. Oh, and he's like, "Oh, hey, baby, I'm gonna—we're gonna be together." And she's like, "Don't you just want to get in my pants?" And he's like, "No, no, I really love you." Um, in so many old English terms. Yeah. And she's like, well, I'm not going to do that unless you've got a plan. Yeah, basically, that's, she's like, well, I would if that's the case, but I don't know when we'd be able to do it. And he's like, you leave that to me. He's like, you go, you eat, but he goes, but first things first, you you make me a lot of food. And he's like, very particular, like chicken and this. Yeah, and I know. I just like, what? He's like, make me all this food and wi- bring me food and wine for three days and put it in my room. And after three days... I guarantee you we'll be able to get together just you know and then so basically he comes up with this elaborate lie he basically she's like what about my husband he's like i'm smarter than him i can i'll handle him and so he convinces the husband that there's gonna be another flood and that he is stuck in like a, a holy trance with the lord and lord tells him there's gonna be another flood and uh, he needs to build these barrels and tie them to the ceiling everybody has to crawl in their barrels and then, after a couple days, they can, you know, when the water rises, they just cut down their barrel and they'll be safe. And this is all just to have sex with the wife in the house. I know. So that's he, a lot waits of work. For the, he waits for, he gets the guy, the guy does all the stupid stuff, gets the barrels. The husband gets up in his barrel, goes to sleep. As soon as he's snoring, they crawl out of their barrels, climb down their ladders, go in the house, and just start going at it. <laughs> and, uh, um, Meanwhile, he's up in his barrel just snoozing away, and at the same time, and I think this is the same story. There's two of these yeah pumps of the ginger. There's a lot of gingers in this movie. Um, a, couple, a couple of ginger kids are out in the street, you know. Well, and the pump. ginger
1: kid knows the scholar kid, so and, they're plotting and scheming
0: too. And so, but they're out. He's out in the town with his other his other smart ass. <laughs> and then, and they're out there, and they start like pitching, uh, pitching woo to the woman who's inside having sex with a guy who's not her husband. And so she's like, "Oh, isn't it funny? Let, you want to see something really funny?" And I did think of the Twilight Zone movie when she said something. Yeah, I like. know. Like, you want to see something Let really the funny? the midnight special I'm turn to a And um, so she goes to the window, and she's and he's like, "Hey, baby, I want you. You know, I'm singing to you." Just give me a kiss and I'll go just away. Just close your eyes and pucker up and one kiss and then... And she's like, I'll give you your kiss. And so she she opens the door, opens the window and sticks her butt out. Buck-ass naked Buck- too. Buck-ass naked and like right in between the cheeks. She lets his face go right in there and just blast one right in his face. <laughs> That's,
1: I gotta tell you, my favorite thing from this whole movie were the fart jokes. There were
0: a lot. There's just a lot of fart humor in this one, and so she. And they were
1: literally, literally. He filmed them. I don't know what kind of camera trickery he did, but he made me believe that that nose was actually brown after filming that scene.
0: <laughs> it would got in there, and <laughs> it. So then that guy's all obviously. And uh, I thought that I.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I thought that guy was
0: gay too. I thought he was a homosexual for a second. Not so much.
1: No, it's, it's a, my fault.
0: He goes off to, he's like, yeah, that's, he's not in a good mood after that. So he pops down the street. Oh, and he goes to the blacksmith, right? He right. goes to the blacksmith, who he's friendly with, and he's like, hey, can I borrow this red hot poker? And like and
1: like any good blacksmith, he's like, I don't know what you need it for, but sure, here it is, have fun. And
0: he's like, what are you going to do with this? Like, I'm not going to tell you. Okay, then. Yeah, exactly. He's like, what? So he pops back up the street. He's like, oh you know what, just give me one more kiss for the road and I promise I'll leave you alone. And so, you know, lover boy Scholar's in the room in there and he's like, hey, you know what, is it my turn? And she's like, yeah, yeah, do it, do it. And so he goes over and he pops open the door and sticks his butt out and the guy just tags him with the poker right in the butt. And so he runs out screaming and he's yelling for water and that wakes up the old husband up in his bucket Who's tied to the ceiling? Who thinks the water's rising? So he takes his axe out and cuts it and falls down. <laughs> Shenanigans. Yeah. So speaking. And
1: so in that tale. Yeah. So speaking of which, going back earlier, um, the uh, the 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 slapstick was on full
0: force for uh,
1: the Cook's tale,
0: the Cook's tale, where the guy basically just did a Charlie Chaplin impression. Pretty much.
1: And I hated that
0: guy because that was the guy that was singing at the beginning of the movie. Oh, it was him at the beginning. The Cook's Tale And he sings
1: his- for no reason and he's annoying.
0: He's a goofy kid. It's, well, he's kind of a kid. He kind of looks like Harpo Marx but he acts like Charlie Chapman.
1: Well, and the Wikipedia article talks about how this tale was yeah. Pasolani's send up to Charlie Chapman movies because
0: Yeah, no shit. It's, because
1: <laughs> fuck you, audience.
0: Um, yeah, yeah. I, but uh, he go he keeps getting fired from jobs in town and his mom's yelling at him and gets sent to bed without supper, but then his mom brings him an entire turkey.
1: All I all I put down for it is yoink. Yoink. He stoneth do cops.
0: Oh, and he threw rocks at the police. And is he the guy who kept having people chase him and they'd run down and fall in the water?
1: Yeah, I don't. Understand. That that was really hard for me to get get past.
0: Right? He would like get some. The cops would show up and be like, "Hey, we're gonna bust you," and then he'd run away from them. And then be like, then they, "Ole!" Then they'd crank the film way up, like Benny Hill. Exactly. I put this is like a medieval Benny Hill skit, like Benny Hill, and they'd run down the thing, and there's like a five foot lead to the water yet. They keep running and they just fall right into the water. There's there's no sliding, of, nothing. They're just like I can't stop running
1: in the water, and he does
0: it like two or three times with people. Yeah, so oh, there's there's that. Um, oh,
1: and I put down. I hear egg shining is a lucrative business.
0: Yeah, what was that about? <laughs> he gets hired to shine a bucket of eggs. And then proceeding, and then he knocks it knocks another basket over this cane, but most of them don't break for some reason. I don't know. Did that have any significance with Canterbury Tales at all? I don't remember there being eggshine Canterbury Tales, but I don't know that I read every tale. That's fair. Uh, If Anybody (laughs) out
1: there who is sophisticated enough to have actually read Canterbury Tales, go ahead and send that in and let us know, because
0: I ain't gonna read it. uh, basically, is there egg shining in the Canterbury Tales? Yes. That would be the that question. That's the question. You've got you've got the egg shining. If you if you and answer, somebody answers that question, and it's probably gonna be Rod if he does. <laughs>
1: uh, nah, uh, he doesn't seem like the guy that would kind of guy that would just for me knowing peripherally, he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that would actually
0: read and memorize the Canterbury Tales. Well, I'm just thinking if he wants to do if he's got an old copy from class sitting around, in the <laughs> he might you know. I it, keep all you, my old college books too. Or if I may uh, offer a uh, a tip, perhaps find it. It's it's a public domain, so you could technically get an ebook and do a word search. That'd be it. a British floppy tip. <laughs> you could do a little uh, search for eggs in the e version of the book, and then if you were to find that, and you know. All right. Well. Yeah. All
1: right. Well, we'll see <laughs> who we'll see who gets the prize first. Tim, you're still on the park.
0: Let's, let's see who's polishing
1: the eggs first. Yes. Ex- exactly. So the cook Sit. hires this guy with his pintle-thin mustache and his dumbass looking face. And uh, he's like, okay, uh, you're hired. Shine my eggs. And all of a sudden, his wife shows up, apparently, supposedly, although you can't really tell in this movie. So he's like, I'm going to go away. Watch the store. So, of course, he like, he ends up like shooting dice in the corner with another redhead ger- ginger.
0: Yeah, he's going to go get some afternoon delight. And then these guys are shooting dice in the corner. And they're like, hey, come, pl- come play with us. I know. Right. Which is odd. He's like, "Oh, I don't know, guys. I don't know." Yeah, he does. So he
1: gets caught by the guy, and they and then he like, cracks some eggs, and they run around and chase him and stuff like that. So then it like takes for a weird twist. Like the ginger's like, "Come with me. Let's have fun." And then he like, "This is my wife. She's a prostitute." And then they just like cut to all three of them in bed together in the morning.
0: Yep. And then the cops come back. And they're
1: like, you're under arrest. So he starts singing. And then they, they put him in what's the medieval thing? The uh... put him in the stocks. Yeah. So they just show him singing out of his mind. I can't wait for I, I, I kinda
0: of think he was mildly retarded. I was waiting for them to throw food at him. I was
1: waiting for a guillotine.
0: No, not that that guy didn't die.
1: I know. They did burn a gay guy though. And one. Just one, not both of them. So, like, this nope. Peep and Tom guy, like, like tattle on people. Like, the rich guy that was doing gay sex. Like, why do I say gay sex? Anyway.
0: Gay yes. sex.
1: Yeah. Having homosexual relations with another person of the same gender. I don't I don't know. I'll just say there's, gay sex. It's shorter.
0: People are going around peeping at people having sex. And you don't know what's going on with it. But there's a guy, and he looks through a couple ways. And he sees a, a guy having sex with a woman. And he sees a guy having sex with a dude. And no, no, no! They were both dudes. <laughs> were they both dudes? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That one okay, guy so looked he's...
1: like that one guy looked like a, uh, gotcha. a, a, woman, a woman. But the, so, the whole point was, is like um, the rich guy the rich bribed guy. off the cops.
0: The rich guy got a pardon from the church. I think is what Canterbury Tales was. They didn't. I don't think they had gay sex in Canterbury Tales. May not have. You
1: know. Uh, at any rate, the the guy that anyway, could Page guy. The, pays his way out. The guy, the the guy he couldn't end up being burned at the stake alone, or being burned by he's, himself.
0: He's like, "Do you? You don't need because the little inquisitor guy's like, you don't even have a copper penny or whatever. He's like, not a single one. He's like, okay, don't worry, we'll save your soul. Don't worry about that. And then they haul him out and burn him on the griddle, as they call it. <laughs> Speaking. Meanwhile, oh god. <laughs> meanwhile, the guy selling the griddle cakes is apparently saving so
1: so the nude uh no the uh, speaking of uh griddle um we find out also you get back to the cook we find out that the mom totally enables the guy
0: because the dad
1: gets <laughs> angry and the mom brings up a big old turkey and and
0: totally yeah he's like you're not getting any dinner go to bed and he's like okay and then like the mom comes up and she's like got yeah, to promise you're gonna get a job tomorrow he's like yeah yeah I'll get a job so that and she gets him a whole it's like a big turkey it's more than enough mm-hmm. for that guy
1: yeah, yeah it's pretty much just speaks to the whole millennial generation really there oh wait no that was a commentary on my end uh scratch
0: <laughs> it was a future it was a look into the future by Pasolini yes
1: spoiled spoiled brats anyway um uh, for that soapbox um what else what are the highlights
0: um let's see um we got that story got that one the devil walking with them um there is another instance where a guy farted on somebody. Um, there's the Friar's Tale towards the end. Oh, uh, and
1: then the wife, the wife of Bane or whatever. The wife of
0: Bath. Yeah, yeah wife, the wife of, of Bath. That's where what we need to get to because that is Tom Baker.
1: Uh, yeah. Which one do you want? Because I'm looking. There's some other stuff, right? Uh, like the three, hit, the the three kids who found the treasure and they ended up one poisoned, the other two, and then the other two stabbed him or something. Yes. It was like, whatever. That was a throwaway story. And, uh... Yeah, I mean, that was just like, whatever. That was kind of a
0: uh, bridge story. And then... then Chaucer and, was in there. Then Chaucer's getting yelled at by his wife for napping on the table, and he writes another book. And then... Um... Then you have the wife of Bath, who... Apparently, I think she had sex with her husband, and he dies.
1: Something. they He doesn't... Oh... He intelligently uh, allows the viewer to decide how that happened. In other words, he just left that out,
0: and yeah. So she has sex, with the guy he dies. She's like, "Oh dear, my poor husband." Blah blah blah, blah. and then she's immediately over to her friend's house, and her friend rents a, room, rents a room to a uh, time lord. What s- time. Oh, time lord slash college student? <laughs> and <laughs> she has apparently has a peephole for his room. And she's like, "Oh, you're gonna go take a look, or are you?" And they're fighting over looking at the looking in the peephole at Doctor Who's peephole. It um, uh, is British floppy dong. It's British floppy dong. Um, it's TARDIS, if you will. <laughs> wow. Uh, well, so. What noise tr- does that make? <laughs> I'm trying to think. So they look. They start looking through the hole, and you just hear that. You just. It's weird. It seemed like a weird spot to have this. So like. For those
1: of you who've seen Doctor Who, right? You know how, like, the middle console, the engine goes up and down? It's (laughs) kind of like the penis shrinking in and out. What is
0: happening? Just imagine that. But, uh, and he takes an inordinately long time putting it into his pantaloons. Like, he kind of starts to pull them up, and it should be enough to, like, cover it up. But then he kind of stops. And it just kind of hangs there. you're like, All right and so but she her friend and the lady like Mm -hmm." and so he comes out and he's kind of looking at him like are you guys looking at my dick yeah pretty much (laughs) that's the look I mean that's the look on his face like I'm pretty sure you just watched me put my pants on you dirty old broads and
1: but that's where the tales of Rivalry come in because I'm like I was starting to get to the point where I was like where's John Lovitz I need John Lovitz in between all these scenes in the movies because that's what it (laughs) ends up being
0: ooh the boot black Ugh. Mm, do tell <laughs> no 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 that's not how it goes <laughs> oh, i don't i don't like it all this,
1: all this sexual stuff. Get to more mm-hmm. i wish we could have got some close to that but we don't well, uh, reasonable facsimiles impressions by gonzo tim and gonzo mike
0: yes so uh she takes a bawdy look at him, and he comes out and gives her a, a look like, you're watching me, I know it. Huh. Anyway, I'm off to go do some studying, and uh, maybe don't, you know, watch me while I'm naked so much. And, uh, anyway, the the wife of Bath is like, oh, let me go talk, and she chats him up, and is basically like flirting with Oh, so what is the the uh, the wife of Bath story about? Do you know that? It's a, she, I think she has a lot of husband. The, if I remember this right, it's been a while. Because um, the
1: dream, the dream that she, that she talks about was genuinely creepy. Where she talks about she was covered in blood and like, you're my, you're my husband and you're in blood, and something.
0: I, I think she marries people and she, I think the story of the Wife of Bath is that she marries people, kills them, gets their land and all their holdings because she's their wife then she marries another guy gets all his land and holdings has developed this huge portfolio of land and holdings and riches and so that guy dies and she's been flirting with the student and she basically like goes from the putting the guy in the in the casket and then across the hall to marry dr who and uh so she marries tom baker and they go back to the bedroom and she's like, here's your fresh piss pot for my husband. I don't know why that needed to be in there, but yeah. the point of showing her hauling the piss bucket. And so she hauls in the piss bucket and and she's like, let's, you know, get to it. And he's like, no, I'm going to read my book. And he kind of throws some, she kind of calls her stupid and starts reading his book. And she's like, how dare you call me stupid? And don't you see all the stuff I got from my husband's? I have all this land and all this money. And he kind of she riles him up and he kinda of pushes the, her. He pushes her and she falls back and hits her head breaks and apparently breaks her neck and she's laying there. And,
1: and that's the end of the scene. No other completion or anything else. She, she just does. basically says, You killed me
0: and that's you it. Killed me. Go, I'm very sorry that I killed you. And now all that stuff's gonna be his and the tail's over. Ugh. Uh,
1: so, uh, oh yeah, the boys that killed each other—they were all—they were all in uh, the whorehouse, and that's where you got to see some crazy sexual uh, innuendo.
0: There was, there was—that was probably the dirtiest part of the movie. Yeah, because I, I remember the one guy wanted to be whipped, and the naked lady whipped him. The one, the three boys are—they you know, start in this whorehouse. There's three guys in a in a bar or whorehouse place. Yeah, I think one, this one guy was
1: peeing off the ledge too.
0: <laughs> there is one guy getting getting a BJ in the in the but he's like not into it and she's like would you just quit it or she's like are you going to do anything with this and he's like Ooh, shut up and he's just jerk and this other guy is in the other room and he has a lady who she's he's like say you're my queen and she just started shit yeah and um, and then the other guy is just having sex with this girl and then he steps away and he's got like a 90 foot dong
1: that's <laughs> uh, <laughs> I thought Tom had a rather large one, too. Not that I was, like, taking notes or anything. I was taking notes on the movie, but I wasn't taking notes on
0: penis sizes. <laughs> Look at the time on that, Lord. Oh. <laughs> the TARDIS. <laughs> Look at the TARDIS on that time, Lord. Time oh. and relative dick in space. <laughs> uh, so, but the guy in the, the one other young man in the warehouse, he, had like, he was like the British John Holmes. Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I remember. It was just for a split second, but you're like, Jesus Christ. And uh, so they're in there having a thing, and then so they come out, and the one guy comes out, and he's being, literally being a dick. Um, There's, like, people out there, and he's, like, talking all this nonsense about the merits of life and living life and blah, blah, blah. And then people aren't listening to him, so he just starts, whips down and starts peeing on all the older people in the front row or down in the eating their food, and they all leave, and he keeps... Anybody who gives him any guff, he just pees on. And it looks like he's actually peeing. Maybe that's what did the X. I don't know. I'm sure they rigged it, but he appeared to really be peeing on people. So that guy pees on him, and then they go off on their way, and they meet a guy who's like, "I just need a cloak to bury bury my friend or something." And he's like, and like, oh, we don't care. We don't give a crap about you." And he's like, "Well, if you guys are really not scared of anything, go down the crooked path, and there's treasure for you, you know." Yeah, yeah and then that's them. when and then that's when they like, sabotage each other they say one day like okay one of us has to go back we can't haul this in during the day because people will think we stole it so which is actually pretty forward thinking of them
1: um, <laughs> so forward they think even more forward about how they can have more if there's <laughs> less of them together to do it <laughs> they
0: realize that two is better than three and the other guy This, I think the guy who ran the town had the best idea because he's like well why do I need to split it I'll just kill both of these guys
1: so, Ginger ass
0: knuckleheads. So he runs into town. They're like, You're the youngest. going to town. Get us some bread and wine for the night. And then we will load it all up and take it in under the cover at night. And we'll hide it somewhere and they'll all be rich. And so he's like, He goes in, he goes by the poisoner's shop. And he's like, Yeah, give me something to kill these two jack offs. And he gives him some super poison. And he gets three buckets of wine and some bread. And he poisons two of them. Hauls it back. Meanwhile, his companions are like, hey, when he gets back, let's just roughhouse with him, but while you're doing it, stick a knife in him. I'll stick him on the other side. And then we just have to split between the two of us. Ding. They're like, like, yeah, it's a good idea. But they said, act like you're being friendly with him, though. So they come up and they're like, hey, he's back. How are you? And then they knife him and kill him. Meanwhile, they've all drank wine just beforehand. And the one guy starts pooping on the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, it takes uh, a gastro effect before it kills you. And the other guy's throwing up, and then they both die. And then the, all three of them are laying there dead, and nobody gets the money. The end. The end. Uh, so
1: that leads us to the very last one of the movie. Oh, yes, The Friar's Tale. Which, I don't know, I think it just kind of... Per- wick, okay, so do you know what The Friar's Tale originally was? Um, I'm going to find out. Oh, or maybe
0: maybe Rod could find out for us. <laughs> friar's Tale synopsis. No. No. Yeah, we'll see. Well, if yeah, if Rod wants to find out what the Friar's Tale is, um, so I'd have to know it to you know accurately judge these. So the other uh,
1: fart scene is here too, which is pretty awesome, right? Like the 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 Friar's begging for money from this rich guy, pretty much, right? Hmm. And he's like, "You can have my riches, but you gotta find something special that's underneath. It's underneath me. You have to come and get it." And it's like, "It's right under my butt. Go ahead, grab it. Go ahead, grab it." And guy's reach and reach and then just farts right on the fryer. <laughs> 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 no, that was yeah.
0: awesome. He's like, no, no. He's like, is it over here? No. Is it over here? It's like, no. Is your hand under my ass? And he's like, no. And he's like, well, put your hand under my ass. That's where it is. And then he just farts on him. Yeah.
1: That's <laughs> awesome. Because the rich guy makes a promise to
0: share it between all the friars. He's like, I've got something special for you, and you must split it between all the friars. So ba- and I don't know if this is the friar's tale. It might be a different one. The friar's tale is actually the one with the guy who... Uh, holds up the old lady and goes to the devil that's the friar. oh okay so whatever tale this is based on our our fancy retelling of it Rod if you want to figure out what it is and tell us or anybody else really because anybody anybody anybody's listening to this but the only one we can really bank on hearing this is Rod so so
1: the uh, so what happens is all of a sudden some angel shows up while the friar is sleeping and takes him on this vision
0: quest he's like I'm taking or he he's like I'm taking you to hell he's like okay
1: Oh, so he goes to hell
0: then. And he's down in hell, which apparently it's daytime in hell. Uh, Um, All these gargoyles are there. With a lot of penises out. Uh, Some Uh, old guy's getting raped. Yep, old guy's getting raped by a a demon. Uh, There's other demons like playing rock, paper, scissors or something. I think Uh, more people show up into prison by the gargoyle farting, farting them out. Um, and then they come down. And they're like Satan. Ra- Satan's over there doing something. And he's got a tail. and It's just a guy's ass with the tail stuck on it. And He's like, "Hey, Satan, raise your tail and show them where you keep the friars in hell." And meanwhile, he just start- the butt starts farting. And then ju- switching between a picture of a guy's ass farting and like a giant paper mache butt and some kind of rubber butt. They just start that's cra- crapping every time it shoots out crap it turns into the friars flying in the air
1: yeah this is the closest thing to joe Daworski that i saw in this movie
0: yeah
1: he is. which is uh not it's not italian but but french chilean so
0: yeah but yeah so there's a long series of the butt crapping out friars um it is something to be seen say that oh
1: yeah yeah it was but again it was like Chaucer shows up at the end, smiles at the camera like he's saying, fuck you, audience. And then the
0: end. Um, let's see. And then
1: I had notes after that.
0: You have notes for the. Um...
1: Yeah, I was like, dance party time. But the music was pretty good. And it was like the only real music, background music oh, they know, had. The
0: music kind of, that was kind of weird the music started. I'm going to play a little clip here. I was, like, I was like, let's do
1: this. They're coming, bitches. Canterbury's all over. And I was like, oh, wait, it's Puzzoloni.
0: Yeah, I know,
1: but here's the. Uh
0: here's, the, here's the, a little
1: bit I put the trailer was the most exciting thing in this movie <laughs> the music was way jazzier in there yeah.
0: oh those are some friars <laughs> and there's Chaucer smiling and let's get to let's see if we can get to yeah uh-huh. This was like yeah at, I wish they had this music in the canterback. <laughs> so the other
1: thing I'll notice is from the Arabian Nights trailer, the guy that was the cook kid. Yes. Was in the mm. Arabian Nights movie, and there was one she scene where he had a bow and arrow with a dildo on it, and he shot it in this lady's hooch. Uh, <laughs>
0: that was yeah, that was Arabian Nights.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, that's what I'm saying. The whole and then kind of pretty much ties a bow on this Pasolini like tree of life, whatever it is, circle of life, trilogy of life
0: kind of trilogy of life. Um, so there's Arabian Nights, and there's the the Cameron. Um, if you want to watch two other ones uh, They may have a spiffier A you know, little more Yeah uh... Industry
1: <laughs> Screwing things
0: yeah, And adjusting remember... them <laughs> Did the second trailer have Jazzy music Let's might, find it It might
1: have been a little more
0: ominous Well, okay, never mind. All right, then. Let's see if the second trailer... It doesn't seem like it does. Yeah, not so much. The second trailer doesn't have the jazzy music, so... That's fair. Based on that, I would recommend The Decameron. Yeah,
1: I don't know if I'd recommend this movie. Would you recommend it? Um... I'm I
0: I would say don't fast forward, but I I kind of just you could probably skip it unless you it's a novelty it's a novelty act if you really like had if you really had to do like a huge report on the Canterbury Tales or something probably don't I mean watch it you might get some joy out of it because it's probably all messed up. Well, so, uh, like, the teacher probably think you're super like high art smart because I think you it chose doesn't... you chose this movie and its interpretations over the original material. Like, this is a movie you could sneak into, like, a high school classroom and probably get away with it for about 40 minutes.
1: <laughs> Not in ours, man. They were, what was it no, in, no, in The like, Name of the
0: Rose, that that mystery movie? And they would freaking cover up with their hand on the TV screen. It was turned around backwards for me. Oh, we got I got um, a, Mr. Van Squaic's hand across the screen.
1: Because really? he turned the TV around. Yeah.
0: That's, kind, was, of that's kind of funny. Yeah, that was funny, because after he left that school, I tell you, I ran into him when he was working at Banana Republic. That pretty much speaks to, well, yeah. yeah anyway, just a side note, so. Sometimes high school That's what you
1: get for reading Canterbury Tales and memorizing
0: them, people. You work at Banana Republic. Yes. But, uh, so. but anyway, um, I don't know if I'd recommend it. I, I think in the right circumstances, the right person, it's... Yeah, it's just, if they
1: own uh, if they own a turtleneck, you could probably get recommend this movie to them. <laughs> um, I would. Uh, the super Doctor Who fan should watch this too, especially just, yeah. especially if you're females, you can see Tom Baker's <laughs>
0: Um I don't know if you want to see his doing, but don't. I wasn't expecting that, so I mean, it's a uh, it's this movie is just an inordinate amount of British floppy dick, British floppy so. dong. There's flappy dong all over the place in this one. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, I, I, I've obviously we've watched worse. Uh, so
1: that actually brings me to your tribute. The, okay, this reminded me of a previous movie that we did. Okay, and it was not Holy Mountain. No. Um, no. I'll give you Wait, one more guess. I, I'll give you one more
0: guess. Let me think. Is it the joke, Dirty Joke movie?
1: Well, which, yes. Yes, it
0: is. Can I Do It Till I Need Glasses?
1: If you don't stop it, you'll go blind. blind. Did, we oh. do both? did
0: we do both? Um, we only did we, one. We did Can I Do It Till You Need Glasses, because that's the song we used.
1: Yeah, and strangely enough, it parallels a lot with this trilogy because there was a planned trilogy for those joke movies.
0: They only did two, though. But
1: there's another one planned, so I'm counting it for this 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 uh, simulation I'm making. So, um, and... I would say that if you had a choice, go watch like if you don't stop it, you'll go blind. Or *Can I Do It?* Till I Need Glasses* instead of any of these Pasolini movies, because as they're essentially the same thing. Um, there might be a little more darker undertone in the Pasolini trilogy, but there's way too many nu- nude. There's way too many nudity scenes. There's way too many fart jokes. There's way too many like crass, like ribaldy kind of like stuff. <laughs> it almost it almost made me think like that. This trilogy paved this way for those kind of joke movies in the seventies. And and the joke movies are way better because there's more structure. This this trilogy didn't have any. This movie didn't have any structure
0: around it. You couldn't tell when was what or what. Even Holy Mountain had structure to it. Yeah, I, Holy Mountain was great. I, it was it was, a, it was just a well made. It, when you look at this compared to like Holy Mountain, Jodorowsky has a nail. It it, way better. it set the framework around the
1: story to allow you to think harder on the issues and the themes that he was
0: presenting. And it was just enough more batshit crazy to keep your attention. You had to
1: waste your time on this movie to figure out what the hell was going on. So it could you couldn't like spend your time
0: trying to read into what this guy was saying. So and I would also say that Jodorowsky has his own trilogy. He has El Topo and he has Holy Mountain and then he has a sequel to El Topo. I think El Topo is gonna to be a trilogy. He's doing a sequel, that's not a yeah. I mean. doing a sequel, yeah. But um he has a planned trilogy of sorts, so but the, you're going to add his instead of this. But I recommend I recommend the the Can I Do It Till I Need
1: Glasses? Watch that movie.
0: Yeah it it's, nice
1: it's the same theme really. Um yeah.
0: Yeah. I need glasses. Plus got a better song.
1: It's got a better song. And you actually get like you get the setup, the follow through, and the punchline, and you know what's happening, and you get what their point is, you know what they're doing, and it's not a giant fuck you to the person who's watching the movie like what I got when I saw uh, the Canterbury Tales. So Well, there you go. You get a prize. I, I don't even know what I'm gonna send you. But boom, I don't know. Send me something cool. It won't be floppy though.
0: No, no British Floppy dog, please. No,
1: i got to figure out something for that. that. So, anyway. Um, yeah, so that's that's that. I mean, if anyone's brave enough to do the Pasolini trilogy, go
0: right ahead. I won't be doing it. Um, if you want to do the trilogy, the first one's the Decameron, then the Canterbury Tales, and followed with the third one is Arabian Nights. So if you're going to do it, do it in order. Do it right. If you're going to do it, do it until you need glasses and then watch can you do tiny glasses and (laughs) (laughs) it's got better things oh it's so so much better it's so much better than this stuff I think that that means it's time for the the TARDIS to take off and then of course you know TARDIS takes off and then it's time for if it works we'll see what happens
1: is that the name of the? Uh, is that the name of the third movie? If it works, we'll see what happens.
0: So, if it works, we'll see what it works, we'll see what happens. Phrasing.
1: Um While you're pulling that up.
0: <clears throat> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Uh, it's my turn to pick. Yes, it is. And we're gonna be voting again. Yes. Perfect. Good bed, I'm laying a good bed for my vote because. What I'm gonna be picking, what I'm gonna be putting up for vote, you'll see, uh, is more in the spirit of maybe a Benny Hill. Yeah. Um, I think it'll it'll be something that you might have seen before, but uh, yeah. I'm gonna be creating a vote and putting it on. I'm gonna let the people
0: decide. Let the people. Let the people decide. Only only
1: two choices, and it's it's not it's not it's not high art. So you got, okay. you got that going for it. Um, Is it gonna be clues or the movie titles? I'm gonna do movie titles. All right, sweet. So, t- pay attention to at uh, Gonzo Guys and uh, Facebook.com/slash Gonzo Guys
0: and yeah. uh, Twitter, Facebook, GonzoGuys.com. You can listen to the mu- you can listen to the doses on podbeam got slash Gonzo Guys. You can get us on iTunes. We're all over the place. Yeah. Uh, YouTube- connect with us on LinkedIn. We'll give you a high recommendation. We can recommend movies, um, theme music. Yes. Okay. We should just go out on this. Yeah, I think it's a
1: good song to go out on. Yeah. Well, so, until next time, come back for forward. Yep.